welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I'm your host and joining me on the show today, coming back for her second appearance, it's author of over 90 books for children and the brand new Fagan's Girl coming out March the 3rd from Barrington Stoke. It's Karen McCombie, welcome to the show. Hello, nice to be here again. Thank you, Marcus. (laughs) I know it's just so much fun actually having people back again, like being able to having the podcast around enough that I've got repeat guests. I know it's like comfy isn't it coming back on the sofa with you almost <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh well obviously 2021 was a fun year we chatted about girl with head in her clouds but you you were up to a couple of other stuff do you want to just tell us a little bit of what you were up to last year maybe highlight some of the books that you released yeah I had three books out last year which sounds like a nice tidy amount but really those are books that actually slipped from the dreaded year before when everything went a bit quiet and everything got moved so also it sounds like I was terribly industrious for one year it's actually two years worth of work um but yeah I wrote three books that came out what there was Girl with a Head in the Clouds which was you know a real passion project it was it was a historical book set locally where I live um beside Alexandra Palace which is quite an iconic building in London I'm looking at it now the window as if it can hear me and um, Girl with a Head in the Clouds was about an Edwardian aviatrix who was only 16 and um, jumped out of balloons with a very rudimentary parachute and you know it, it just I, I'd heard the story of her a lot of time on historical tours around the palace but I thought it was time that somebody wrote a book about her so yeah that was um that was a fantastic little book to write um and that was for Barrington Stoke who I do love writing for they they do a lot of short novellas um and it's great if you're a confident reader you can read those easily like a little snack um if you're a less confident reader of course the brilliant thing about Barrington Stoke is you feel a real achievement from reading a book and it doesn't have to be a great big chunky one so the other book actually that I wrote for them uh last year was a slightly younger one called Granny's Little Monsters and it's the first time I've written a sort of a younger uh, book for, for Barrington Stokes. So again, that was a lot of fun. And, and um, you know, with the younger books, which really blows your mind when you're doing something fun is, and, you know, silly, is, is the illustrations. You know, when I normally write my older books, books my old and middle grade books you've got the cover and that's it but suddenly with these the younger they go the more illustrations and that's such a buzz so um the illustrator was lee cosgrove who did granny's little monsters and the you know the illustrations are just a hoot you know i write my words and try and be funny and, and an illustrator adds another level of humor on top so it's really good fun um and then my 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 sort of longer middle grade book for last year was how to be a human which i wrote for a little tiger and um that's basically a transition story uh of well two kids struggling when they get into secondary school for different reasons one tries to join the popular group and is quickly ousted for not being cool enough um, and is just sort of stranded and the other one's a very shy boy uh, called Wes so Kiki and Wes are the main characters Um, and then they discover um, someone else who's a bit of a lost character and that is a young alien who has crash landed uh, when he's been on a school trip in his his little space pod and he's crash landed and hiding away um, in their school basement so that was you know it was really good fun to write that one and um, that that's had a really good response 
so it's it's very nice to, to to get a lot of buzz out of that but yeah it's basically you know obviously the the, the space angle is the story and then the alien is 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 a really fun theme but it, it's all about really starting your stuff and how very tricky that can be to find your feet and find your way yeah absolutely and it's it's one of those ones i feel that it's going to really resonate with the readers it's definitely one that's been uh, written for them in mind that passion for them to to give them something to alleviate those fears really yeah yeah and just to say it is a bit tricky I mean you know it's, it's just looking at my own kid and friends kids and nieces and nephews when whenever they started it's it, it's it takes a huge amount of emotional energy to start secondary school so even if you're absolutely loving the change and rolling with it you're tired trying to take on board all this this new stuff new teachers new classes new subjects new people new friendship groups it's really big and then if you find it hard of course that's another another thing but it's just everybody finds it tiring and um so that that's what I was trying to tap into just just to see you might find it a bit difficult but it, it'll it'll sort itself out but whew, you need to take a deep breath for that first year I think of uh, secondary school yes new schools are always a challenge as I guess you could say new projects and that is your new mm. project is Fagin's Girl we've gone back to Barrettonstoke for this release and it's sort of it's in a world we kind of know but with a lovely fresh twist I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind the story yeah well you know sometimes as an author you do research before you even realize you're doing research you just stumble upon something what I love about social media apart from the cat and dog pictures of which I post many myself um what I love is that you can sometimes just get uh, linked to a feature that you you just think I never have stumbled upon this otherwise so I came across an article um, about where Charles Dickens got his inspiration for Oliver Twist. And in this article, it said that there was um, a, a real character called Ike Solomons, and he was inspiration for Fagin. He was a criminal, um, you know, ran a gang of boys and was arrested. So, you know, his story was in the court papers or court sections of the newspapers, I suppose. So, uh, you know, Dickens got really interested in him. And then uh, another character that turned up in the newspapers uh, was a young character called uh, Samuel Holmes, who was only 13. So he became the inspiration for the Artful Dodger. And he apparently was caught stealing meat and was transported to Australia and served 14 years, 14 years. So, I mean, those two characters that, that Dickens read about, that was his research that he pulled together into the story of, of, you know, that evolved into Oliver Twist. And so I started to think about that. And, you know, with authors, I think, you know, you're always playing, things play on your mind. And I kept thinking about that story and how interesting it was. And then I was thinking about street children, because, of course, it wasn't just young boys who were orphaned and, and living on the street. It was young girls as well. And it's a really precarious situation. So I imagined a young girl called Etty, who was 10, um, you know, who'd come from a family who were doing OK until father died and suddenly you know, you're plunged into poverty. Her and her mum are trying to make a living um, with piecework, which is just grinding work that you're doing at home. They were making flowers for posh ladies' hats. Um, and mum, mother dies and she's alone. And then uh, luckily she runs into her long lost brother who's, you know, she'd no idea where he went. He's actually in Fagin's gang. So when he finds her, he knows he can't leave his sister alone in the street. So um, she joins the gang, but of course it's all boys. So she has to disguise herself as a boy um, to to get, you know, well, a roof over her head. And, and it is, you know, it, I've tried to write a, an entertaining story, but also talking about the grit and, and, and grime and struggle of real life for, for kids who suddenly find themselves homeless in those times. 
Yeah, I mean, that was the, the thing when you sort of looked at it. I was just like, you know, this is going to do well. And the reason I thought about it was school tie-ins with like the Victorians and how life was for them. I'm just thinking of all those sort of like the school projects and stuff like that, where you can yeah. read this book and actually you get a feel of it. Uh, I remember mm. back to my school days. So definitely we did a, a Victorian's day where you dress up as a flat cap yeah, and the sort yeah. of the short shorts, put a bit of mm. smut on your face. But it's, it's really interesting because, of course, Eddie's character, it is like it's she's having to join the all boys club. And that's that's mm. tricky and transitional as it, as it is. She's got to keep that secret. Yeah. And she, I think she's a perfect lens for it. When you were looking at that inspiration, obviously, how much did you take maybe reading Oliver Twist again, maybe watching Oliver the uh, the, the movie? Was there any other of that sort of that background stuff? Or did you go even deeper? Yeah, I like, so. I, I think... I th- well, I think, um, you know, I-, I am influenced by that. I remember reading, but the thing about the Victorians is the one thing I really remember most about school. It had the most impact on me. And so that's, that. you know, I've written a few books set in that period. Um, and then Oliver Twist, you know, it's part of my childhood watching the film growing up, um, watched it again with my kid growing up. So, yeah, it's kind of there in your head. And, and it, the-, the film was actually very good, I thought, because because again, it's it sort of was all fun, especially with the songs added. But it still went into the grittiness and grime and the hardship. Um, so I, 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 you know, when I'm writing a book, I, I, I can't be totally grim. I need to have flowing and fast for the kids. But um, yeah, I, I hope I've sort of packed a lot of information into a very slim little novella um, to give a real flavour. Um, and I find out things when I was researching this that that, that I still didn't know about. And I've the, the most fun I had actually after I wrote the story was to actually do a little um, piece at the end where I talk about where my research took me and, and you know, just pointing out things in each chapter where I got the information. And it was things like um, one chapter, chapter four, Etty, uh, when she decides to be a boy <laughs> and hide away her hair, she goes and cuts off her long red braids and sells it. And, you know, people sold anything and everything on the markets in London. And I kind of vaguely had an idea of that. but the idea that you sold hair, you know, I think that'll kind of blow the minds of kids reading that as well. It's like, really? But it's like, yes, that did happen. And again, going back to the markets, it was the idea that there's so much going on in the markets, you know, kids, poor kids would be trying to sell jokes. Um, you know, they would be telling jokes to passers-by for a bit of cash or turning tricks like tumbling and, you know, for a bit of cash. Uh, there'd be people, you know, Italian opera singers in the street trying to earn a bit of cash so I was trying to get that colour and detail um, and and finding this all out and trying to picture it in my head almost like a film scene from Oliver it was really important and it really helps your writing when you you almost have a little cinematic thing going on in your head so hopefully all those new details that I came across will will, will be really interesting for the kids when they, they they get to that bit at the back about my research yeah absolutely I think that's that's what's important is to have a great story where you have that historical impact and actually you're trying to tell or try and highlight some of the the stuff that went on, like the desperate measures that people used to have to go through. But at the same time, Etty's story is going to uh, encapsulate that in a sort of a way that will entertain as well as inform. Yes. I think that's the, the yeah. word I want. Entertain and inform. And I think yes. that's... And- yeah, and, and also what I loved was uh, hope, hopefully what, what children reading the book, readers will see is, is a few things that they recognise. Like um, On the markets again, uh, what I didn't think about really till I read about it was poor people, working class people didn't go to shop that where they specially made working class clothes. Everything was recycled from rich people. So things came down to 
down from rich people and became more and more tatty and were worn, or they were refashioned, or it was called translated by market tailors who would take fabric from you know posh people's clothes and try and recycle it into translate it into clothes. So the idea of recycling is very big now, but if they can see a link to the, the Victorian age, hopefully. You know, little elements like that will really bring the book to life and also bring history to life and, and make young people realise a connection. It's, you know, that the past isn't something dead. It's, it, there were real people just like you and me and going through similar things often. So, yeah, little, little bits and pieces like the recycling angle I thought could be really interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to go, like I said, I think it's going to be a great school tie-in book. I think it's going to be something that uh, kids will really enjoy to sort of pick up and enjoy, explore the world of, I say, the reimagining of sort of Oliver Twist's story, the Fagin's gangs, the, the slums of London through Etty's journey. And it's going to be coming to you guys very soon uh, on the 3rd of March from Barrington Stoke. And you can potentially get your hands on a copy because it is time to dive into our competition. Yes, competition time where we will be giving away one lucky listener the chance of getting hold of a copy of Bacon's Girl. How do you do that? Well, you want to head over to our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club, all one long lovely word. There you want to retweet the competition post with the hashtag Fagin's Comp. That's Fagin's Comp. When you do that, our quizzy question you're going to be adding alongside it is going to be obviously you mentioned a little bit earlier Karen about the inspirations of like the artful dodger and stuff uh, and he obviously had that pseudonym to suit him as the great pickpocket that he was and that got me thinking if you could have a pickpocket name what would it be so Karen if you were you are the great pickpocket on the streets of London yourself rather than being Karen McCombie you are who oh uh well it'd have to be a Scottish connection wouldn't it oh I don't know what would it be Dotty the Scotty. Dotty the Scotty. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I think I will be, I will be, oh God, what would it be? I've put myself on the spot now. Oh no, ah. I, know, I know how it feels. Oh, it's horrible. Coming back to you. <laughs> uh, I think I would have to, something alliteration like Five Finger Freddy, even though I have no, no. my name isn't Freddy at all, but I like the idea <laughs> of having that. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> but mm. there, that's just a couple of our ideas. Uh, what would your pickpocket name be? Let us know with the hashtag Fagin's Comp and you can be a chance of winning a copy of Fagin's Girl. How does that sound, Karen? That sounds very good, yep. But obviously you are working on many books recently. I'm pretty sure you must be working on something else at the moment. Can you tell us what you currently have on the writing table? Yes, um, I'm just finishing off a follow-up to How to Be a human so the next one's called how to hide an alien uh so that's just more in the the adventures of stan the alien uh with wes and kiki who look after him uh so more adventures with that so that's been a lot of fun so that's coming out in july and i'm i'm writing young reader book at the moment just about to start that for bloomsbury so uh that's going to be fun as well so yes and i've got a couple of other things just out and about seeing who wants them what my next books are but yeah i think i'm just coming up to about 100 books now I must have a check Ooh. somebody just said how many now and I think I think it's coming up to 100 so um, uh, I must check which book is going to be my hundreds because I'm going to have to fanfare that a little bit aren't yeah. I, when it comes to it <laughs> absolutely wowza there you go almost 100 books that's that's mind-boggling really mm. I'm keeping you very yeah. busy obviously uh that's at least possibly two books maybe even more this year then yeah, I think two books coming out for sure this year uh, and writing probably two, possibly three this year. Um, we'll see. Or, or starting them or, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're just, I'll just wait and see what comes back. But um, 
I think I've got another bound in Stoke um, in, in the post as well. So yes, <laughs> things, things in the ether keep me busy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it seems that we've reached the time where we've reached the end of the podcast and we should probably let you get back to all that busy work, Karen, but we're not going to let you completely disappear on us quite yet. We want to know that our lovely listeners, how they can get hold of you, find out more about your books. Is there some social media or a website they can go to? Certainly. So I'm always around on Twitter, just Karen McCombie. You'll find me under that. That's a good thing about having a name like mine. There's not too many Karen McCombies out there. So yeah, I'm on Twitter, Twittering a lot. And then uh, I love Instagram. I just put lots of pictures, usually of my dogs. Books, dogs, cats. That's the sort of thing I put on there. Um, but, you know, reachable, neither of those. I have a website, which is karmacombi.com. It's currently just getting a little bit of a refresh. So hopefully that'll be up and running soon. But yes, so, but in the meantime, if that's, that should be up and running by World Book D. But if not, yeah, I'm always easy to find, easy to find and always happy to chat. And the other thing that I really want to say is with Twitter, it's so easy. If teachers ever want to read one of my books in class, and have any questions that the kids might have afterwards. I'm so happy to be reached on Twitter and answer those questions if the teachers ping me. So um, yeah, do it, ping me, I'm there, Twitter. (laughs) There you go. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Once again, Karen, it's lovely to have you back on the show. Uh, It's been lovely. Yeah, that's twice, three's a lucky charm. So I'm sure I'll see you somewhere down the line for the third time, I'm sure. (laughs) Surely there's gotta be something for book 100 at least. Yes. (laughs) There you go. Well, thank you to Karen and thanks to you, lovely listeners. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, you can find out more about us on our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club. You'll be going there anyway to join that fantastic competition, but also you'll find out more about our programming, our other author interviews, our midweek reviews. And we've also got a brand new website that's bigkidsbookclub.com where you find even more content and an entire backlist of all of our previous shows so you can go and find that original one we had with karen and the girl with her head in the clouds but that's all the time we have for this week so until then i would say to take care stay safe but most importantly to keep on 